0: Greetings everyone and welcome to episode 34 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to sharing stories. I am Brent Coley, an elementary principal in Southern California, and I'm really, really excited because tonight I have joining me somebody who I have uh, followed from afar, but I'm actually getting to talk to for the first time, someone who before we started recording I think we're, at least in my mind, kindred spirits in terms of he shares my passion for storytelling, and that is Todd Nesloney. Todd, how are you doing, man? Hey, man. I am great, and I'm so thrilled to be here and be on the show, so thanks for having me. Ab- absolutely. Like I said, I mean, storytelling is one of the most powerful uh, instructional strategies I think there is. I mean in my little thing on my website, the greatest storyteller ever to walk the earth, a man who could walk on water, Uh frequently taught through stories. So I mean, people remember stories. So before we jump into said stories, let anyone who is not familiar with you and your background and what you do, who is Todd Nesmoni? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I guess it depends on who you ask. But it's <laughs> me. Um me, I am a elementary principal uh, in Navasota, Texas, which is about an hour west of Houston, Texas. Um, I have been a principal. This is my fourth year. Before that, I taught in the classroom in a fourth and fifth grade classroom for seven years. Um, I love working with kids, and I also co-wrote this little book
0: called Kids Deserve It. Which, which is a fantastic book. I was talking with one of my teachers uh, earlier today, who has also read that book, and I said, "Hey, Natalie, I'm talking. I'm going to get to a chat with uh, one of the authors of that tonight." She was like, "Oh my gosh!" So, (laughs) and 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 I'm going to be chatting with Adam in a couple days. So we're going to have you guys back to back. So I'm, I'm super super stoked about that. So when we kind of messaged back and forth about, well, what, what do we want the theme for this episode to be, you said, much to my delight. How about sharing each, other, as educators, sharing our stories? So you've thought about it. So what story do you want to share? So.
1: Well, you know, I thought it was funny when we talked about this because, um, you know, when I finished, Adam and I wrote Kids Deserve It about a, gosh, two years ago was when we actually like wrote it, wrote it before it went to the publisher and everything. And, um, when the book came out and we were done with it, I was like, that's it. I will never write another book. I am done. I put everything on the page. That was exhausting. (laughs) And that, and we just celebrated the release of the book in about, gosh, I guess, October of last year. I was sitting with a group of my teachers, and they were just sharing some things they were doing in the classroom, and I was just like, man, these guys are doing some brilliant stuff in the classroom. And I thought, you know, I'm always really big on trying to use the platform that I've been given um, to try to amplify the voices of others. And so I said, well, why don't I try to amplify their voice? And so I was thinking about ways that I could better the things that they were doing, or even some of the beliefs they held about kids or education. And so then I had this idea of, hey, I could probably put it in a book. Hmm. And so I went to Dave and Shelley Burgess, my publisher, and I said, okay. I said, I think I have an idea for a new book. I know I'm crazy getting right back into the swing of things. And I said, but I really want to write a book that's written just like kids deserve it because that was my heart on the page. And, and I think that's what, why that book is connected with so many people is because they could tell that just that we were, we were really genuine in what we were trying to share. Mm-hmm. come that.
0: totally comes through. Really? Good. Uh, that oh, that total t- absolutely comes it's it's as if you're sitting in a coffee shop which is probably what you were going for so Definitely because well I, done.
1: I just wanted to be I, I love teaching through stories just like what you were talking about earlier so that's why we try to tell so many stories to the book and so i said you know i want to write a book like that again i said but i want to write it with my staff because if i'm going to do something after kids deserve it i want it to be unique and i said you know there's never there's not a book out there where a school gets to tell their story or from the voices of all their teachers and so um I announced it to my staff and, and really had to, to pressure some people um, to share their story because, you know, when you, when you work with teachers, they hate being on camera they feel really uncomfortable with their writing a lot of teachers will say you know my stuff's not that great I see so and so sharing things on there there's just so much better and I've always been of the belief just like Angela Myers talks about is that you know all of us bring worth all of us have a genius and the moment we withhold our genius from the world we're doing a disservice to the world Mm -hmm. so I did a lot of talking with my teachers about um, sharing their story and for a good chunk of them I had to go and say hey I think this would be awesome for you to share or do you remember when this happened and so I gathered their stories <clears throat> I wrote every chapter and every chapter features an insert or nurse or music leader or instructional aide or secretary we, we, we really want to focus on everybody's voice because everybody at the school matters and makes a difference And, um, it's been really exciting getting to kind of put that book together. And I got to read a copy of it, um, about a month ago. And I was just like excited for this book to be out because it's, my teachers are b- are, have been joking around. They're like, oh my gosh, are we going to be famous? And I'm like, well, people are going to know your name because you're in a book now. Um, but just to see their excitement and the excitement on campus. Because the books, there's some instructional practice ideas in there, like classroom transformation, math strategies, things like that. But there's also just some really good <clears throat> heartfelt stories. Maybe a story about an um, uh, interaction they have with the parent or a, te- or a student. Or um, one of my favorite chapters in the book um, is called, It's Okay to Grieve. Mm. And in that chapter, I talk about how um, important it is that when things happen in our lives, that we take the time to grieve it, that we don't just push it aside, that we don't act like it's not that big of a deal. We actually emotion and and share that emotion with others and so the story i write about in the book is i write two stories um in that chapter one of them is about um very briefly just about losing uh, my wife's best friend in a car wreck unexpectedly Mm. and then the other story that i share is you know in kids deserve it i wrote a story about my grandma and about her passing and the impact that it has on me and after kids deserve it came out and before i wrote stories from web Her husband my grandfather passed away um and some similar instances of dealing with that and i and i wrote about just that grieving process of losing both sides of them um and, and what that was like and when i shared that with my staff and asked some of them to write some things just some of the stories that they were willing to pour out were just incredible. Um, there's one story in there that's super powerful about one of my teachers um, going through a miscarriage and losing her child. And so just the vulnerability that exists within that just to, to show that, yeah, we're all in this field together. We all go through. But that's where we have the opportunity to really bond together and, and share those stories and allow those stories to speak to each other's lives and show that we aren't alone in what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh, that's boy! You're making me even more excited to check this one out. So, but I think that's that's the the, the great thing It's what you're doing with your book, I mean, because the fact that it's not just you sharing your stories, which you probably have enough to write your own book. <laughs> just I mean, we hear that all the time. Oh, geez, you should write a book. You're actually doing it. But I love how you are bringing your staff in, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this podcast. Is yeah, I have a bunch of stories, and I, I, I like to share them, but it's not just me talking alone on this podcast each episode. It, it's, it's, we have so many, how many millions of educators are out there, each one with their own story, and what you just said about not feeling alone. I mean, I've got a, a principals meeting coming up on Wednesday. And I look forward to those. We've got them once a month. Probably you've got something similar to that at your district level. I look forward to that because one of the things is there's an informal time to sit and share stories with my colleagues. And it's that opportunity to – there's 11 elementary schools in my district. So to sit around a table with 10 other principals and feel like you just said, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when it's that crazy, oh, my gosh, my – single plan for student achievement is due. This is due. This is due. This is due. Everything's going on. And to hear them say like exactly what I'm feeling is awesome. But if we don't have those conversations, if we don't tell those stories to each other, we feel isolated. We feel like, can I do this? So, well, you know, and, and I also, I, <clears throat> I
1: really firmly believe in the fact that if, if you've been given a platform wanting to hear your story, then you have a responsibility to amplify the voices of others as well. And I know that with me, I mean, <clears throat> I don't say this, oh, this is so uncomfortable to say period, but I know that that I have a fairly large following on Twitter. I know that people see my tweets, watch the podcast show, join the kids it, chat, whatever. And that's why I've been very cognizant and very um, conscientious about making sure like, I don't want to host every Kids Deserve It chat. I don't want to add them to either. I want us, There's every educator does something phenomenal. Let's have these guest moderators. Let's share the spotlight. When we were sharing our blog often on Kids Deserve It, it was like, I don't want to write the blogs. I want to, sh- I want to point to all these other people. Yep. A- and when Adam and I start having this conversation, it's like, and I don't want to find people that have huge followings. I want to find that teacher who's got 50 followers, but is sharing some killer stuff online. Let's advertise them and share their voices. And so when this opportunity for the book arose, I was like, this is my opportunity to take this platform that I've been given And not say, look at Todd, look at Todd, Todd's so amazing, but say, look at these people Mm -hmm. in the trenches doing it every day, who some of them don't have a social media account. Some of them have never written anything for somebody else to see before, Um, but to just take them and, and give them that moment to say that your voice is important hear it and so often in education we're so beaten down by the system that we don't feel like we have a voice we don't feel like anybody's listening or like I said earlier we see a lot of really great stuff and it makes us feel like our stuff pales in comparison Yeah, and so just really taking that time to know that that you're in this job because you're doing something right. So let's let's celebrate that and keeping that mindset too. Of just because it seems obvious to you it doesn't mean it's obvious to others. And so when we don't share something because it's like, oh well, that's nothing. Everybody knows that. It's like actually, everybody doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we do still because even me speaking, traveling, and speaking. <clears throat> you know, even though I'm a full-time principal. I travel once a month and do a speaking engagement and it still is surprising to me when I will say something that I have been talking about for five years and people will be like, oh, that's so amazing. I've never heard that. And I'm like, what? Like when somebody hasn't heard of Kahoot, I'm like, how have you not heard of Kahoot? Everybody (laughs) talks about Kahoot. And they're like, oh, that's so amazing. And I have to remember everybody is in a different area and in a different path. And that's why we can't just not share something because it sounds like everybody knows it. If
0: you're doing awesome stuff and, and you and you know that what you're doing is good, get it out there, and and not yes, not diminishing the value in your own mind of what it is, because I think so many people, yeah. and I think you and I would probably put ourselves in that. I mean, like you said, Kahoot, what you you may not even think to share Kahoot because you think, well, everybody knows about that. But I I love to say, I mean, when I have been able to give presentations and things like that. Somebody be the power of you and I what we're I mean I'm in California, you're in Texas, mm-hmm. yet right now I'm being inspired by you, I'm learning from you i I'd love to say that right now, someone in the world is online searching for what you, meaning whoever I'm talking to, has mm-hmm. if you, seven billion people in the world right now there's a teacher on his or her computer searching for blank fill in the blank maybe it's that classroom management strategy maybe it's that that kahoot maybe whatever it is something that you feel is minuscule i mean i learned some keystroke thing the other day that that was like i had never and and i'm i like tech and i mean <laughs> i present at tech conferences and stuff yeah. like that and it was a very basic thing to your point i had never heard of before and the person looking at me she looked at me like you've never heard of this before and it's like no thank you so much for sharing that and like you said right we're sitting on that that it's it's socially I mean, I mean morally irresponsible to to not share if you had food and somebody next to you and you had extra food and somebody next to you didn't have it and you didn't share that but it's the same type of thing it's educational food it's it's professional nourishment for those around us people who like i said are actively right right now looking for it
1: right exactly
0: so no i mean wow that that's i'm really looking forward to to reading that and do you have any any specific things that you any specific stories? I mean, don't want to give away the book um, or, or something from Kids well, it, or anything that, that's happened recently to you that, that you think somebody needs to hear, even if it's a small thing? Well, you know, there's a story I write about in the book
1: that is one of my favorite stories um, to have included. Um, and it's about, you know, last year we, every Christmas, uh, we have had a uh, family Christmas night at our school where families can come up, there's all these random games, there's pizza, popcorn, we show a free movie, um, and, and it's kind of like a fundraiser for us that PTO puts on. Mm-hmm. And we had a student that has been a difficult student with us before, uh, <clears throat> asking if he could stay and we had said, you know, do you have a ride? Are your, is your family going to come, that kind of stuff? And he was like, no. We were like, well, then you have to ride the bus home. You can't stay if you don't have a, a ride that's here. And so um, about halfway through the night, I noticed he was running around, and I was like, well, I guess he got a ride somehow. And I remember the night ended. I was turning all the lights off in the front office, and I was walking to the front office area, and on one of our couches, he was sitting there asleep. Mm. I him up, and I said, what are you why are you here what are you doing where's your ride and he was like oh i stayed here after school and i said and how are you getting home and he said uh i don't know and i said then why did you stay to spend more time with my friends and i said who and he'd listed a couple teachers And I said, the teachers are your friends? And he was like, yeah, I wanted to spend more time with them. And I said, well, get up. Let's go in the car. I'll take you home. Come on. His family could have cared less where he was. They weren't looking for him. He hadn't been home after school. This is 845 at night now. Nobody had any, any concern at all. So we got in the car, I took him home, and I remember, and he, like I said, was a difficult student that never really said um, anything encouraging (laughs) to another adult on campus. But I remember dropping him off and he, before I got out of the car, he stopped and he said, thank you for bringing me home. And it was one of those moments that I was like, this kid's never said thank you for anything. (laughs) Um, But it just, it hit me so much just to remember that for some kids, and some some can hide it really well, um, but just the simple act of this student wanting to stay after school for an event so he could spend more time with his teachers who he knew was going to be there, knew was going to get home, and falling asleep on the couch in the office, um, and me just giving him a ride home and hearing him say something like, thank you for... and and it was just and then the next day at school he was back to his normal ways but um it was kind of one and it was and, and you know he went over the junior high this year the other night and he lives within walking distance now and so he walked over and he gave me a big hug and asked me how I was doing and I was like oh this is that kid that I was able to take home and and so Those little moments that as educators what we do that really makes a difference and that makes the job worth it on those days when it's just like, what am I even doing? This is the hardest job ever. I'm not cut out for this. I can't handle this. Nobody likes me. It was just a nice reminder of the impact that we make even when we don't realize it. it.
0: Exactly. I was just thinking of something that that just happened to me the other day that, that ties right into what you just said. I was I was observing in a first grade classroom, and kids were, some of them were working independently, some were in small groups, and and some of the kids were doing a little writing activity, and I walked over to a girl, and I said, what are you, hey, I said, what are you writing about? And she looked up and she said, I'm writing about you. And I kind of was taken aback, like, really? And I said, can can I see what you've written? And she said, yeah. And she had a little picture of me, um, which was very cute, Uh, not that I'm cute, but. (laughs) (laughs) she <laughs> one of those characters that's like oh i i didn't know i looked like that but uh but it was just like i like my principal i think he's nice i think he's awesome o s u m which was was so cool but but it's one of those students to your point of that you don't e- it's a student that i've had very little interaction with <clears throat> so it's one of those students that oh like you're writing about me? Like, we haven't had a lot of interaction. You haven't been at our school that long. But something has, I mean, whether it's the announcements in the morning, it could have been the smiles or the greetings when they get dropped off. Something has clicked with her enough that she wrote about me. And I don't say that again, kind of like you said, Oh, it makes me uncomfortable to even say that. The point is not that she was writing about me. The point was I would never have guessed that that particular student mm-hmm. would have written to me. Because some students, you're thinking, boy, I'm making a difference in this kid's yeah. life. <laughs> like I'm working overtime on this, and I'm, and I'm seeing like the tangible benefits. And then there's the others that they just kind of go by each day. But I think that's, the, that's the, the moral of these two stories, the one that your kiddo who was sleeping on the couch and the one that said she, she was writing about me ones that we wouldn't necessarily have thought we were making an impact but we are
1: well you know and it reminds me of another kid that i've been working with a lot you know he's in first grade now i had him in pre-k and kinder and in pre-k he was a handful (laughs) to say the least kindergarten picked up and he started getting together and this year he just had an incredible year and and i do first grade lunch duty And every single day, he comes up and asks me how I'm doing, asks me if I'll sit with him, um, even though I'm in there doing duty. And uh, it's so funny because I'm like, dude, you hated me in pre-K. And kindergarten, we we mended some fences, but now you're like my best friend. (laughs) Um, And then it was so funny because today there was like three or four kids in lunch detention. And so I have another uh, aide in there helping me with lunch duty. And so I was sitting with the lunch detention kids to make sure they were quiet and to kind of talk about some of the choices they had made. And he walked over with his tray and he said, can I sit with you? And I said, do you have lunch detention? And he said, no. And I said, well, then don't you want to sit with your friends? And he said, no, can I sit with you? And I said, sure. And wow. so he sat down and we chatted the whole lunch and it was, I was kind of like, Oh, this is so cool that this, I mean, it sounds so dumb. I'm a 32 year old man excited that this little first grader is wanting to sit with me at lunch, but it was kind of one of those. It was like, Oh, look, this kid that, that hated me in pre-K or acted like he did and was difficult in kindergarten. It's like, now we're like buddies and he'd rather sit with me during lunch today than sit with his friends. And so it's, 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 it's just like what you've been saying. It's, it's, you make an impact whether you see it or not. And and I talk about, I love the analogy of a seed growing in that, especially in elementary education. Some of us get to till the soil, some of us plant the seed, some of us water it, and some of us actually get to see it grow. Mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. a frustrating part as elementary educators is often we don't get to see the growth. No. We're just in the ones digging in the dirt, putting the seed down, hopefully putting some water on it and saying, I hope something comes from this. And that's hard to constantly be tilling in the ground and not see fruits from your labor yeah but but we keep doing it because we know that 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 something will grow from it if we take care of it and so it's like every kid is that seed and we have to be putting effort into all of them we can't let any of them slip through the cracks and you know what i may not be the person that reaches them at all and that's okay Mm -hmm. i may just be the one that puts the seed in the ground i may not be able to put a drop of water on it but the next person that if we're all putting in that effort, the next person, they may be the one that reaches them to that next level. And that's why we can't stop even for those kids that we're not sure if we're even getting through to.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and you tell that story about the pre-K and K and now he's your best friend in first grade. Beautiful illustration that uh, when you have to be with those kids who are challenging and you, <laughs> you have to ride some of those kids, it just goes to show that if you do it the right way which you obviously have they appreciate that right and he's now your best friend and it's kind they of they want that
1: structure they want that yes. discipline they want to know that you care yes. even in the moment they may not act like it in the end they can sit there and go that person really cares about me because they spent that time doing that
0: yeah i had two kids one year when i taught fifth grade and uh the two kids that required the most attention the most reminders that were probably the most challenging were the only two students on the last day of school who gave me a hug. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those, like, I wouldn't, if you were have said, name two students who are going to give you a hug that day. It would not have been, I mean, two students who were going to throw darts yeah. at your picture on a dartboard, it would have been those two because because I had to be on them because that's what they needed. But they were able to see, well, oh, he does this because he cares. Right. So now, wow, that's, Todd, thank you for sharing, man. That's uh, you you have just uh, you've excited me about your, your stories. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. Can you? I don't think you've released. You don't. You haven't have it a release date, and that's okay. Yes, I'm not pushing. Did.
1: I announced on Friday, so the official oh, release date is January twenty fourth, and it'll be for pre sale the week before, January eighteenth. I think is the pre sale date, um, but it will start shipping from Amazon on January twenty fourth and. God, that feels so long away. I'm just ready for it to be out. I've been working on this book for over a year,
0: and I'm like, oh, I just want it to be out there for the world to see. Awesome. Well, I you you definitely have somebody who will be picking that up in and uh, your other book uh, co-written with Adam Welcome called Kids Deserve It, which if anyone is listening and has not read that, another excellent and like like we have said, very. Uh, An easy read in terms of it's it's conversational it's it's just something that is is easy to get through but really really powerful And anyone who I mean you can go to Amazon and find those if anyone wants to connect with you online How could they do that Todd?
1: Um, well, I'm on every pretty much social media platform there is, and you can find all that on my website, which is just Um It's got all my social media networks. It's got the books and links to them, the kids' exhibit posters we have, the T-shirts, all that kind of stuff. Everything's on my site, my blog, all of it, how you can contact me for anything else. Um, and if you can't find that or you don't know how to spell Todd Nisloni, you can just start spelling it the best way you can and just Google it, and it'll come up. Um, but on Twitter
0: and Instagram, I'm Tech Ninja Todd. Tech Ninja Todd, fantastic. Well, Tech Ninja Todd, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for amplifying, like you said, not just your own stories but those around you, because we're all we're all surrounded by people who have awesomeness in them, even if they don't realize it themselves. So I appreciate you getting that out there. I can't rate to can't wait to read it myself and help make your teachers famous. So. <laughs> <laughs> They said they'll appreciate that. Yeah, you you tell them that Brent Coley will think that that they are famous from some nobody in Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, Todd, thank you again for taking the time. I appreciate it. And for everyone listening, thank you for taking the time. If you have not already done so, once again, you can find us in iTunes, in Google Play. If you haven't done so, subscribe. Uh, If you like what you hear, give us a review and a like. We would appreciate that. When I say we, meaning me, really, I mean, (laughs) I would appreciate that. And that just helps get the word out so more people can benefit from hearing this. It's not about me. It's about, as Todd has said, getting the word out and amplifying the awesome stories that others have. So once again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, have a good one.